<laughs> I, I was like, fuck. And then on top of that, she's she was a, I think she's retired now, but she was a high profile FBI agent. She goes, Don't worry. I won't I won't call my friends at the ATF. But I was like, fuck, I can't believe that shit. And I was like, fuck you, and you know, uh, uh, I almost said his name. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck you, man. Um, you 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 know, telling people that shit. Uh, but um, yeah, she she didn't give a fuck. And the reason was because mm-hmm. I told her she and, and this is what she said. Um, she said, well, you know, about how much you making at a time. And I said, you know, I might do four or five runs a year because um, I make it for myself, and I you know half a gallon or so, something mm-hmm. like that, whatever. It's just something that I like to do. And she was like, yeah, we're not worried about that. Local mm-hmm. police aren't worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they would spend more money making a case against me than they would fucking get back from actually fucking busting me. Prosecuting you, yeah. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's not worth it. And that's really what it comes down to is dollars and cents. And that's exactly why we can't distill at home is because, you know, distillers are charged their, their tax for proof gallons. Yeah. Every year that it sits in a fucking barrel. So they're charged if they get... 20, 20 gallons out of a barrel, they're charged for 53 gallons for however many years has been sitting there in tax money. Mm-hmm. As soon as it rolls off the still, unless mm-hmm. it's in a bonded warehouse, and then they're only charged when it's barrel but or bottled, but still, they're charged tax money. And that's what because the government makes money off of tax money from liquor. They don't make nearly as much from beer and wine, and that's why you can make your own beer and wine at home. Mm-hmm. It's not a safety issue. They don't give a fuck about your safety. They don't give a fuck about any no. of that bullshit. They've mm. never cared about the safety of the American people. Um, all about the money. That's right. Yeah. It's all about the money. Yeah. And I, I have, I mean, I, I do this under guidance. You know what I mean? I have a. I have someone that I know that works for ATF uh, on the state level in Louisiana and also on the federal level in Louisiana. And I know a couple of people that I've met along the way. Uh, and I ask them all the time, like, man, would y'all come and arrest us? Like, would y'all really come and arrest us? And he was like, dude. You know, we will go after people with illegal cigarettes before we go after you guys, because we got to worry about these damn guns. We got to be worried about these ghost guns and all kind of stuff. We we worried about a whole nother level of the game. If you think I'm trying to bust you and he said, and if I got to walk my ass in the woods, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. I mean. I'm, those state level law enforcement's like this guy with ALE that just wanted to go in. He's a young guy, so he just wanted to go in there and make a name for himself, which is what we figured at the time. Maybe he is a serious guy and he would go after people for making alcohol in the woods or something like that. But I ain't heard nobody that got busted after that happened to this day. So that was just like making a statement, letting them, you know, you just letting us know you exist. Okay, well, you could have got on TV and did that. You didn't have to come shake us up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all it was. He didn't really didn't he didn't do nothing because goddamn it, as soon as he left, we were right back there drinking. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, those those, those cats were after Mark and Digger pretty hard, um, but only uh, they're really only after Mark because he was the one he was the copper man, you know. Yeah. Uh, and once they kind of appeared to shut it down i mean like it's all documented right there with the mm-hmm. cameras and shit so it's not like these cats can't watch tv you know and see uh and know hey we we you know we still need to keep an eye whatever they i think a lot of it as far as the law enforcement goes that's actually shown on the show it's because they know that there's some sensationalization going on there they can actually um they can uh, really do that they, they can really add show to the drama 
Yep. They can show up when those cameras there, but they were popping up on Mark and Digger even when the cameras weren't there. I'm <clears> sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but they would, it's easy to know, uh, like in one of the areas they film in, it's easy to know that if we got a crew, the crew can't park there. So they're going to be a, a, a lot of cars in one spot. You know what I mean? So it's easy to say, well, oh yeah, they must be back there. You know, it's a little mile and a half walk. And they're not going in on ATV because they would hear him coming. Sure. They, it's easy for this guy to say, I'm a, I'm just going to bust in on the cameras. And he does it. If he sees them at a restaurant somewhere, he busts in there. And it's not like they have cameras on. He always does it where those cameras are at. He all, And I thought it was joking. They were joking at the time. Digger was like, nah, Richard, this dude really serious. Like he, I said, no, Digger, for real. If y'all got problems, I'll come down there. He was like, stay your ass. He didn't say that. He said, stay your black ass away <laughs> from him. He said, for you come up here and get in trouble. And I and that's how I knew he was real serious about it. Cause Daniel, even Daniel Maynard was kind of like, uh, I'm gonna see y'all later. Mm -hmm. You know, I ain't gonna draw the heat on myself. But Daniel's really close to him. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody ever tell you moonshine is real, uh fake, you psh, tell them to call me. And I hope they not not Christian, because I'm gonna do some cursing. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean that uh you know that old boy was serious. There was there wasn't no doubt in my mind. I had no question about that. Um, mm -hmm. um and it sounded like he just wanted to be on the TV show a little bit more than he uh, probably needed to be. All he had to do was walk up there and ask, God <laughs> He ain't had to man, he didn't have to do all that. Golly. <clears throat> he caused some drama in the boy's life. They really didn't want to do nothing. Mark was thinking about quitting. I mean, they had they had the guy, you know, early in the show um, that was in Virginia. And at mm -hmm. one point, <clears throat> you know, he stopped uh, Tim's brother and was talking to him. Um, and then later on, after Tim went legal, he went up to Belmont Farms and was talking to Tim and, and Tim's son, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And that guy was with the ATF. He wasn't even local sheriff or anything like that but <clears throat> even he wasn't hounding tim the way that that old boy was um and yeah. you know i don't know maybe maybe the guy's just it, it, it's kind of like uh uh oh shit i can't remember his name but he was he was a sheriff's deputy that was uh friends with mark rogers <clears throat> that ended up helping mark at one point um mm -hmm. to some extent um it seemed like to me that he had he he had a job to do, mm -hmm. and that's all it was to him. He had a job to do. He you exactly. know um, yeah like you know you got a job to do which is making liquor, and I got a job to do which is stopping you. And then mm -hmm. after you know you know when I'm off and you're off and whatever, we can come together and be cool. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. Um, that that dude that dude down there that was running up their ass, he didn't seem like that was the case. Like he he it seemed like it was his life's mission to put them in jail. It's a small town. He knew he was. I think he was kind of new. He he was just making a name for himself. But this is a small town. You got a digger's got a big beautiful. Uh, well, digger's wife has a store there. Uh, that building is like awesome. It'll make you jealous. It looks pretty Who's nice. Yeah, it'll make you jealous. That building will make you jealous. Uh, and I, I won't call it jealousy or anything like that, but 
maybe it'll make you say like, God, dang, these boys making a lot of money. Let me see if I can catch them with some of that and make a real name for myself. But these, I mean, it. Mm -mm. Mark's got toys that race car drivers wish they had. Okay. They don't just leave them parked. So it may, it'll give you the perception of, okay, he they got a little bit of shit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch them with it, and make a name for myself. So I know that now. You guys know that, and that's the real reason why I think that he's coming after them because when you really see, they're just normal everyday people. They really I go sit in the backyard by Digger's uh, father-in-law's house. And have the best time in the world. Just normal people. But every once in a while, you see them pull out a damn Shelby Cobra, something like that. And you're like, hold on, I nah, wait. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's making too much money. <laughs> and that's that's what it was, man. In a small town, the police going to see that. Sure. Well, they... Do they have something to do with Sugarlands? Are they? Are they? They, they have a stake in that, don't they? Yeah, they, they started that. Well, they're just ambassadors. With oh, them. okay, okay. Yeah, they're just ambassadors. Sugar and that's Land. where is that where Master Distiller is filmed? Well, we filmed it last year. We filmed it at English Mountain Spring Water. All the years prior, okay. we were filming at at uh at Sugarlands at that new place. They filmed in the beginning at the old one in Gatlinburg. Then the new, well, what they have a big 5,000 gallon still. So where they were putting all that up at, that's where we filmed the episode I was on. And that was the first year they were doing it there and everything after that for a couple of years. And then we moved, we moved to uh, English Mountain, Spring Water. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, like I said, I, I, if they if they decide to start filming again, that's something I really want to do. That's kind of a bucket list situation for me, but you know that's a that's a if. Man, that's one of the most awesome things uh, I would suggest to anybody. If you think about it and they do it, do it. But uh, if they don't, we're gonna try another variation. I'm gonna push for this variation. Where let's go to these people's house and that we're gonna bring. I, I'm gonna bring it back and. Cause you're more comfortable at home. You be able to do what you want to do. You're gonna make sure that that jar is right. You're gonna make sure everything's right. So I, we bring it back to Mark and Dick and tell him to come meet me. You bring him to meet me. Then we get three people together. You know what I mean? And it's gonna cut down on having to have so many different. You know what I mean? And and I'd be able to go all over the damn place and taste liquor. And <laughs> there you go. Smoke cigars and do all kind of stuff. Well, like I said, you're welcome in my home anytime for any reason. But if that comes to fruition, you go ahead and hit me up because I'm down for that. We, we I was going to say, I got a spare room. I got a bar room. We got a backyard. <laughs> I got a bunch of cigars. You in Florida? What part of Florida? Uh, Jacksonville, Northeast. I'll be there on the, man, on the 19th. I land in Jacksonville and do some work out of Savannah. There. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I think I'm Argyle Forest is where Argyle or Orange Park. 
Orange Park. Orange that, that, it's literally like five minutes that way. Damn. <laughs> that's serious. We are. I'm to, we are. I'm about to check out that bar out. before y'all do. <laughs> Depending on traffic, um, which it's getting worse lately, I'm about eight to fifteen minutes away from Argyle Forest. Wow. Um, the fiance's uh, parents live in Oak uh, Orange Park, and that's twenty minutes away. Damn. Small world. So. Well, speaking of fiance, open. Gary just recently got engaged. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we got spare room. We got some bar. We got some bunch of whiskey, bunch of, I got a bunch of rub too. Um, and then decent amount of cigars. So, I have to pass by. I'm, I'm going to uh, do some work with Uncle Dum Dum. You have Daryl Flack. Uh, from Master Distiller, okay. he has a little distillery in Callahan. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna set him up, hopefully in a better. Yeah, that's not. That's not too far from here either. Yeah, that's not far at all from Jacksonville. Small world, no. man. We got um. We, we so Jerry Jerry came up for um. We get together every year, well for the last couple of years, and Paul's gonna join us next year. For distillery trips and uh we went to uh we went to whiskey thief uh kelly Tennille that won uh mm -hmm. master distiller she works mm -hmm. at whiskey thief mm -hmm. um there's a gentleman that lives about 20 minutes north of here he won master distiller he lives in georgetown kentucky and i can't remember the man's name um but um yeah the the, the master distiller has really made an impact on on some folk and uh you know, um, it's clearly made an impact on your life, you know, uh, Big time. and, uh, um, one, one of my favorite episodes was watching you and Mike go, go against each other. Uh, I believe Daniel was involved in that episode as well. I could, mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Um, but you know, uh, I, 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 I was going to try to not ask, but I can't, I, I've got some liquor in me now, so I can't not ask, uh, <laughs> He he, Mike Mike seems to me like he has the ability to be a decent human being, but he also seems to me like he has the ability to be a complete and utter fucking asshole. Now I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you the truth about Mike. Mike, right. uh, when I first met Mike, Mike and I were on Master Distiller. Good dude, good dude. I was at his wedding. Good dude, really, really a family man. But he can be an ass if he wants to be an ass. He really, really can. Like, uh, we were just filming. I I landed in Asheville, right? And I was going to meet Daniel. But the airport in Knoxville didn't have a vehicle. Mike and Jerry were filming, and I was just passing by Jerry's shop. He said, don't be coming to sell no alcohol around here. Mm -hmm. And the producer that was with me or that was with him said, did you just hear what he said? He <laughs> said, don't be coming to sell no liquor around here. So they made me put a microphone on. <laughs> just in case Discovery would want to use it later. Sure, sure. 
And it wound up turning into something that they just had no clue. Like immediately when they got that footage, they were like, tell Richard, turn his ass around and get right back to Maggie Valley. And we didn't even see it coming because Mike stood up there on his own and said, don't be coming, sell no liquor around here. So we were good friends at that point until it, I was like, man, forget you. I'll come and sell liquor. So I get, went into Maggie Valley and I started making liquor and I didn't have nobody to sell to other than one of the guys that they hooked me up with, their buddy, Jason. And he was like, shit, I'll buy it all from you. <laughs> so that's where it really started. So that's a real beef. Like I was real. It wasn't that I was selling liquor is I was, I was using all his resources to sell it. And the guy that was buying my liquor wasn't buying no liquor from him because he had all my liquor. So they were really pissed. They were mad. Jerry, not so much was mad, but Mike, was mad dude mike was like really mad i was so pissed off like dude this is we're supposed to just be having fun here this is not supposed to be like this and it turned into a war like a war and yeah. now we're all looking to see how this uh this war plays out this season now we had to work together this season we they and this this is real this is i'm telling i'm from the beginning of this season to the end this guy uh mr bradley really did he didn't go look for Mike or Jerry. He was looking for the people that own this show. Like, I need to talk to somebody. He's asking, how can I get in touch with these people? How can I get in touch with these people? And he got in touch with Jerry and said, hey, look, y'all not going to be doing this around here. So the producers again, can you put a microphone on? He called Digger. That's how, that's how it started. He got in touch with Digger and told Digger, they're not going to be doing this around here. You need to tell them to stop. That's how it went. And this guy called in and said, either y'all work together or I would suggest y'all get, get out of here because the police going to be on y'all ass hot and heavy. I'm going to make sure of it. And we're really, really doing a lot for this town. It's amazing. When I first got to Maggie Valley, like that day I stopped in there and Mike said, don't be coming around here and sell liquor. Dude, I could have walked down the street with an AR, a musket, a compound bow, and a bow, and I wouldn't have seen nobody, nothing. It wouldn't have been no nothing. Now, we can't film on outside no more. People are, are flocking to the town. We revitalize this little town. The restaurants, we we there's one place that we go to get breakfast that we love to go to every every place there. Pops, everybody's there. Uh, all right. Everybody there is really, really good. They're really friendly with us. But we don't like going into the restaurants because they never want us to pay for our food. There's one restaurant that we go to, it's a it's a gas station, Teague's. It has a little kitchen attached to it. They charge us there. So we go there a lot more than we go to any other place. It's a, a awesome little city, man. So they really felt some type of way that we were making it look bad like that. And they asked us to work together. So that's the first truthful thing that you guys saw this season. That really happened. Now, the rest of the truthful stuff, we couldn't even script it. We couldn't make it up. I'll say this, that was the wrong thing to tell me because I'm about to stalk y'all. I'm, I'm going to show up in that restaurant. <laughs> I'm going to look do. over and see a bearded, bald motherfucker with a lot of tattoos like, that's Adam over there. <laughs> I'll be sitting over in the corner just looking at you out of the corner of my eye, eating my eggs and hash browns. <laughs> man, and you would love it. Teague's got, man, they got some of the best breakfast. Uh, but every place we go to, and that, that little country quaint town, man, I mean, it's the type of place where you walk in a restaurant that's closing in five minutes and they just come on in. We got it. 
We're going to light everything back up. Let's do it. Uh, sit down in the joint. Awesome meal. You might be sitting on side of us. You might be sitting on side of Jeff Bezos' daddy. You never know. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 big enough to be, it's small enough to be comfortable, but big enough not to be overwhelming for you. you right know, on top of each other. Yeah. You can see an elk crossing the road in the middle of the day. Don't kill it. Please don't kill it. <laughs> you can go to jail for that. <laughs> But I mean, it's just an awesome little place. And these people really did, all that to say, these people really did feel some type of way about the way we were making Maggie Valley look. And they got together because there's a bunch of older people there that want to keep this the peaceful place that it is. So they asked us to not do that anymore and not to give the representation of a black man and a white man fighting against each other. Y'all need to come together. Both of y'all get the hell out of here. I mean, is is that a reception that you got? Because I I never like that was never a thing that I've seen. It like I I just saw two moonshiners. You know what I mean? Inadvertently, inadvertently, we created that drift in life. Inadvertently, we did. If you look at some of the comments, oh yeah, really? Because we did. Even, even with Mike, you know, I like I remember at one point. I think I, I might be misremembering, but I thought that I remember him driving away in his truck. And I thought that I remember a rebel flag being up there, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm from Kentucky. Um, that's an area in the South, you know, there's rebel flags everywhere, but I, you know, like I know, I know folk that fly. I, I know black men that wear the rebel flag. Hey, you know know what? What? Like, I had a, a black neighbor at one point while I was going through a divorce and he always did have it on his front door. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like I never got the racist feeling from Mike. I just no. always got the asshole feeling from Mike. But it, the thing is it takes one to know one. And there's a lot of qualities that I see in Mike mm -hmm. that I have known to have myself. Like I, I've had to step back and be like, I, I was a dick in that situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I see a lot of the things that Mike has done where I was like, I, I can see myself probably doing, you know, having the same reaction or yeah. being the same way. I'm going to blow that still up. <laughs> yeah, well, not that. <laughs> not that. But I mean, but be, but being like, hey, you know, being protective of your tech. Because yeah. like at yeah. one point in my life, man, I was a drug dealer. You know, uh, I, I sold a lot of pot and a lot of pills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I had to be that guy where I was like, hey, don't, don't be doing, you know what I'm saying? Like. And and it got to the point where the I knew that I was had I knew I was done when the DEA and the state police would circle my house on a on a daily basis, mm -hmm. um, and at that point I was like fuck this I'm done, like yeah. like I got out before I ended up in prison, thankfully. Uh, you know I've, I've been in jail a couple of times for, you know alcohol related offenses overnight that kind of thing mm -hmm. nothing nothing mm -hmm. big, um, but I've never been to prison and I have no you know, uh, uh, aspirations to go to prison. Um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, you can't be doing this shit where I'm doing this shit. Like it's going to get, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to push me. It's be a tipping point, that kind of thing. Um, so I kind of understand where Mike was coming from to a degree, but you know, blowing Kelly's well, blowing Mark and Digger's still up with, you know, uh, a, a, a stick of dynamite, you know, that Kelly yeah. was using or, you know, at the end of the last season, you know, that hunk of metal that was sitting in his driveway and somebody's calling him going, go look in your driveway right now. Like, you know, that's, that's your, you, you know, you're, that's a, uh, he, he's, he's a habitual line stepper is, is, mm -hmm. is uh, from, from a movie. I can't remember what movie that's from, but it made me laugh like nobody's business. And uh, he, he does, he does cross that line. He doesn't think, mm 
before he does it. And yeah. yeah. To an yeah. extent, I can understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's all like, like you said, y'all are friends. Like you had mm-hmm. a friendly interchange on, on the, the master Stiller show and y'all were cool. Yeah. And then he's like, and then, um, the way he did Daniel was really fucked up. That's just my opinion of the situation. You know, like Daniel's Daniel's got some back problems going on. He's like, nah, I'm, you know, cast him to the side and go get somebody else. And, and maybe if Daniel had gone up there to that still side after he and Jerry had built that up and talked to him being like, Hey, I'd like to come back in instead of being mad about it. Maybe things would have worked out and all three of them could have worked together. I don't know. Yeah, it would have. But, you know, um, it, it was kind of fucked up for him to just cast his partner to the side and be like, ah, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And I understand he had to go forward. He had to move forward. That's how he provides for his family, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's, it's a for, Mike. Mike's kind of the the fence sitter as far as, I, you know, like he, he plays both sides. At, mm-hmm. Not intentionally, I don't think, but mm-hmm. he, he kind of like he rides that fence. You know what I mean? Self-preservation. When you're unsure mm-hmm. about what you're going to do, mm-hmm. just self-preservation makes you sit in that one spot that where you can be, where you can get to both sides. It's not real good if you're the friend on the other side, but, you know, that's, yeah, Mike's, Mike's all right. I mean, we're working past that. The main thing was to get that situation straight with Maggie Valley. We had to get Maggie Valley straight. And we got Maggie Valley straight. Now, y'all about to go on a roller coaster ride with us. Well, here's the thing about it. From what I can see, what I know that you can do, and what I know that Mike and Jerry can do, mm-hmm. the three of y'all together, about to take the world by storm because all three of y'all, you know, Jerry can build some shit, mm-hmm. right? Jerry, Jerry's a fucking mechanical genius. Mm-hmm. Mike has got some ideas. Like he, he's, I mean, he's, he's made some shit and he can, he can make some shit out of nothing. Like they go out yeah. and they, the, the, the bark that they make liquor out of, you know what I mean? Um, um, and then you with the Mungly AT and the, the, um, oh, fuck, what was it? You went to Maggie Valley and you made some liquor out of some blossoms that, uh, yeah. he had done, but you made it better. Um, yeah. the three of y'all together can really do some good for the moonshine world there in Maggie Valley and, and just the world in general, like y'all, y'all, all y'all working together. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what y'all can do together, especially once y'all get past, you know, everything, you know what it I mean? Took, it took a little while in the beginning, but it's, it's working out well. We so far so good. Like I said, we leave tomorrow. Well, I leave tomorrow and get right back in it. Uh, so Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, we'll be back behind the cameras doing it again. Now, I don't know if he's going to throw me off a building or drop me in the creek or something. I don't know what's going to happen, but. I don't know. I don't see Mike going that far. I mean, he, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll take some dynamite to an inanimate object, but I don't see him taking a human life. I don't, I don't see that happening. I know you're joking. Um, but, uh. I don't know. I think that there's a uh, genuinely good person inside there. Uh, I do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Jerry and and even Daniel. I've seen Dan, you know in one of the episodes Daniel because uh, because Jerry go or Mike goes to him and asks him you know do you know of a place where I can set up and even Daniel is like hey you know I I know of a place here's where it is whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that either one of those guys would help out a human being that was actually a piece of like a a true piece of trash. True piece of crap. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I've been around Mike and Jerry for for a little while. Mike, I've been around a little while, but Jerry is just such the the caliber of individual. It's not very hard for you to just learn to love him real real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's really sharing with the information i mean just the wealth of knowledge the things that just being around him for the past couple of years the things that i've learned like i thought i could build a moonshine still until i sit on side of jerry and really really see that i can get involved with the intricacies involved in it and it's really not that hard because he's figured out the you know uh necessity as a mother of invention and this boy don't stop i mean he has a lot of necessity in his brain because he don't stop inventing he's figured out you know, simple ways to make things easier, the process to be smoother. It's just crazy with what Jerry knows. I, I say that I win in this situation, not working with Mike so much because I've been around Mike. But being around Jerry and being able to tap into what Jerry has going on is like awesome. Like I can't even explain to you guys what he's really, really, really a nice individual. A fatherly, uh family, real diligent individual, yes. But when it comes to this moonshine stuff. Jerry don't play. Jerry's to be rivaled. I would put Jerry on side of the people that Vendome, real steel builders. For sure. Engineers. I would really put him on side of them. And they would, he would win. He would, he would decimate them every time because he's basically an engineer that just never went to college. Well, I was gonna ask if he had a college if he had an engineering degree, because the man <laughs> the man can dream up some shit. And not only that, take some shit, you know. And, and make it happen. And uh, yeah. j- just like with the uh, the the generator that they made for their still site where he, mm-hmm. he fucking, you know, welded some spoons onto a wheel and then, you know, they shot water at it. And there it was. Their fucking, their whole shit was, and, I couldn't do that. And it worked. I mean, I, I, I have four degrees. I have a master's degree in information technology and I could not weld some spoons to a goddamn wheel and make it generate light for a still site. I guarantee you I couldn't do it. And this works. Everything <laughs> worked really I, well. I can't, I can't because we haven't reached that part of the season yet, but I can't tell you where what type of steel that was that you guys were looking at. But oh, that was their column still. That was their it was it was a hybrid steel oh, they had to column. They had that column still, but the yeah. new one you look at at the beginning of the show right now. Yeah, it looks like a mason jar tree. Oh, that that thing is fucking beautiful. When you see, I mean, and when you, I've heard people say, "Oh, it's ne- never gonna work. It ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work." And this thing literally works. Literally works. When you understand the premise behind it, you'll probably say it to yourself also, like, "This ain't gonna work." But yes, it really works. I can't wait to see it. To be yeah, honest yeah. with you, I, I'm dying. To, I I don't want to wish the season away. I look I look forward to this shit every year, and I'm I'm dead serious. I'm a Die. so this bar that i'm sitting at right now mm-hmm. um it took me three weeks to build it because i built it by myself except for the top i had a couple friends come over and help me put the top on mm-hmm. um but i built this bar entirely by myself um except for that like i said it took me three weeks and i watched moonshiners that's what i watched while i was building mm-hmm. the shit mm-hmm. um and then um you know my boss i, I got to talking to him um he you know, he, he likes to make his own as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that's something that I was like, okay, well I built the bar. Now I got to go ahead and do this thing that I want. Like it, it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, what, one of my great regrets in life 
is that I didn't, um, I didn't, well, there's two. Um, Mark and Digger were about 40 minutes south of here and I couldn't make it happen to get down there to meet them. And um, I didn't get to meet Jim Tom. Um, I, I really, really wanted to meet Jim Tom Hedrick. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not with us anymore. Uh, rest in peace. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's it, Moonshiners is my favorite TV show and I look forward to it every year. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to the rest of this season, um, and seeing how that moonshine still plays out. I'm, I'm, I'm real excited about that. That's, that's probably my favorite thing. My favorite shot is you know that drone is hovering above you guys and you're just walking up to it and doing this kind of situation it just looks like a monstrous amazing you know um it was funny to me in that last episode to see the look on your face when you had to get out of the truck when you're 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 up there with mike and jerry walking into the woods to find a to find a still site and that look on you like here i am right now with these guys you know it's like that <laughs> like man i'm i gotta go in the woods with these guys i'm glad i got a camera crew that's what i kept thinking I, i'm glad i got a camera crew with me if it was just us, i wouldn't have came i'd have been walking myself to the slaughter and um, like i said i've never i've never gotten the 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 racist uh uh tone from them but uh definitely the the competitive aspect of it you know yeah yeah, no racist stuff, you know, and I, I was thinking about that earlier. We were talking about the Confederate flag. I didn't sign so many Confederate flags that don't make sense, but I had my buddy next door to me told me coming up in life, I want you to go find anybody that ever say that that flag killed somebody. The flag ain't never killed nobody. You taking, yeah, you taking, we taking frustration and anger out on the wrong damn thing. I mean, the flag really never killed nobody. That's right. There was some crazy motherfuckers around the flag. Yeah, people see it for what, uh, you know, a representation of something that it really isn't, never was meant to be. But no, no. Evil people ruin good things. Damn All right. the time, every day. What I like to see in you, um, you know, if you go back and you, we were talking about talking about big distilleries. If you go, uh, are you familiar with uh, Uncle Nearest? Oh yes, very much so. I mean, that's yes. that's awesome to see that come. I mean, because and and it really for me, and I'm sure that Paul and Jerry agree. It it really doesn't have to do shit with race, and and it has everything to do with the fact that um, this man helped create one of the most well known whiskey brands on the planet, or the most well known whiskey brand on the planet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He taught the man that the whiskey is named after how to distill. You know, and let's they, give this if, man his due. If they would, I mean, this was a story of love. This was really something about some love involved in it. I mean, if I've talked to Ott, which is his great grandson. Okay. Uh, and Ott, they don't have any pictures of this man. There's one picture that I've seen. One one picture it's that probably, may be that may be. It's probably Ott. It was probably Ott because Ott was around Uncle Nearest a whole lot more than Ott came up there as a child. I mean, he was he had been there. Uh, but the the way they describe it is this man lived with them. He was the youngest child 
and his mom had died like right after having him. She died, I think, from complications of having him. And his daddy was just trying to find somebody to trying to find a woman and to come and take care of these 10 children with me. And all you could get was hookers that really didn't have nowhere to go. He didn't have a real good upbringing. Right. So he ran to this preacher, but he couldn't do anything. The first thing that the that they said was, first, we have to find somebody to teach him how to be a human. Because he didn't know he was dirty. He didn't know about, he ate with his hands. He didn't have a mama. He didn't have nobody to raise him. He didn't have no work ethic or anything like that. So history dictates that this little boy went to live, learn, learn how to eat, learn how to take a bath, how to, all of that stuff with these people. And they just, they turned that love into Jack Daniels. That's what it was. It was a story of love. It was love on both parts because he could have said no. He really could have said no, but the first thing that kicked in the head is I'm not going to let this child be like that. Mm -hmm. That was a child at the time. That was a baby. I'm not going to let him be like that. So I'm going to take him and I'm going to get him straight. That's all it was. But he had no clue that he was turning him into one of the greatest in the world because this boy could sell any, he could sell, he could sell horseshoes to the horses. <laughs> I mean, he was just smart and he didn't stop wanting to learn. So, I mean, that, that story, yeah, that was an awesome story right there. You know, and it, and you know what? It's, it's, it, it, that ain't even, that wasn't even a business move. That was just about love. So anytime mm -hmm. you take a chance to, to go out of your way for somebody, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Anytime somebody asks me for something or if I could do something, whether it's going to be hard or not, I'm trying to do it because you never know. On the other side of that shit might be some Jack Daniel stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And you just missed out on it because you didn't do with the, that's one of the number one rules in the big book to love when they trapped, when they tried to trap up and, and ask Jesus, like, what's, what's the most important commandment? Cause if you tell us that one, we ain't got to worry about the other ones. He said to love, if you love, you don't have to worry about none of that other stuff. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love, you ain't got to worry about killing, stealing, robbing, none of that other stuff. So I never take the chance to not try to see uh, the moment. And that's what that story was right there. And I'm just glad that after all these years, it's coming to light. Uncle Nearest, I mean, they just bought their own land in the in Cognac region of France. I mean, they're going, they going hard. Good for them. Good. Yeah. I'm not really an Uncle Nearest fan. I will tell the absolute truth. I am not a I'm not in favor of buying liquor from somebody else and put my name on the bottle. I get that. Um, but at the same time, sometimes that's, that was the way that's, a, that's a thing you got to do to build up the name. And then you start making your own shit and putting it out there. You know, you got to let it age for a while. Right. So, yeah. but I get what you're saying and I agree to an extent. Um, but I'm not a fan of the uncle nearest stuff just because I don't like the way it tastes, but that's just that's, me. That's it. Yeah. That's just me. Um, yeah. you know, uh, give it, give them some time. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they might get it right. Yeah. They might come out with some really good fucking shit. Yes. You know what yes. I mean, I think that the stuff that they're going to kind of come out of France with is going to be really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, those grapes going after a cognac and, you know, a lot of people want to make cognacs and all that, but you got to deal with this specific type of grape in this specific region of France. Everybody wants to be a big dog and it's time to do it's time to do what the big dogs do. You know what I mean? So 
we'll really get the, the chance to see it. Most of the, the real cognacs that come out of that region really do thrive and really do make it really well. They have a real good blender there, a really good master distiller, but she's only doing blending now because she's everything that they're distilling is going straight in the drum, in the barrels. So she doesn't have to worry about nothing right now. It's just getting in, right. barrels, getting in barrels, getting in barrels. But we'll really get a chance to see our talents after a few years when they're not buying a product from somebody else and putting their name on it. Speaking of that, I heard a while back that you were looking into the legal side of things. Is that mm -hmm. still something we can look forward to? Yes, definitely. I My main thing is doing, I do consulting, basically. I consult for distilleries. I walk in and uh, try to do this podcast with them, sit down and talk to them about how to make it better, trying to find uh, more viable sources. A lot of people, bad thing about small distilleries or distilleries that's trying to open up uh is they're scared to deal with these distributors and whatnot. You know, the distributors want a lot of money. Well, I kind of want to tie us together in a brand where we can walk up to these distributors and say, hey, look, it's five of us this month. It's seven of us next month. It's 30 of us next year. We don't play that 30% thing anymore. It's 7% or 10%, whatever, 13%, whatever you're charging the big boys charge to us because we got a little power behind us also we we're talking about master distiller how these master distillers are popping up opening distilleries all over the place but they have to be isolated and relegated into the building that they're selling it in or making it in because they can't afford to deal with the distributors distributors are killing them they go to abc stores abc stores are putting them making them jump through hoops send us this send us this send us this six months later they get approved for their product but it just looks crazy that uh all right it just is weird that that we have all this stuff popping up and we're still getting exploited, you know. And the crazy part about it is I've talked to distributors who said it's easier to sell moonshine than it is to sell some of these brands that's on the shelf and been up there for years. Really? Yes. Women, the 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 numbers, women buy alcohol far at far greater numbers than men. Right. Any day of the week. So we've made alcohol more appealing to women. And our particular type of alcohol is not an alcohol. Most of the time it's post-flavored, the things that you're seeing in stores right now. Yep. But there are variations of alcohol that are not post-flavored out there. And even the post-flavor, when women are saying, okay, this is fruity, I can build on this. I can make my own drink with it. So we're getting a lot more, getting an influx of women women coming into the situation. Tim Smith's starting to deal with RTDs, ready to drinks. Mm -hmm. We're getting an influx with that. So, I mean, there's a couple of people. There's Leo Swedego over in New York. There's uh, guys, there's a couple of Ohio distilleries that's popped up off of uh, here, off of Moonshine, or Master Distiller, rather. There's guys all the way on the West Coast in Oregon, all the way down to the Bay in San, San Francisco, uh, Mr. Mr., the guy that I was talking about. So there's a bunch of people that are starting to pop up with these little small products everywhere, and alcohol, moonshine now is starting to get out there because at one point, nobody wanted to put moonshine on their paperwork. I mean, it would say whatever, whatever distillery, because once you say moonshine, now you take a bunch of people out of the equation that's not going to try the product just because you said it was moonshine. Right. Now people are like, yeah, hell yeah, that's this is moonshine. Yeah, I think like we were talking about before, I think that stigma is being lifted mm -hmm. through the show, through social media. I mean, I think people are getting the chance to follow guys like you that do this and they can see you're doing it right. Where, mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago, you don't know what's going into the stuff. But now we have so much exposure, so much access to the distilleries, to the distillers behind the scenes type of stuff to make sure mm -hmm. that 
yes, even if you do post flavor, we know that there's still a good spirit that's starting yes. with it's not some yes. neutral grain that's it's just starting with from some chemical plant that they buy a, a tanker truck of, you know. And I think that is helping to fuel and also the craft cocktail movement. I mean, craft cocktails in the last couple of years that that blown up and all these bartenders making different things and you're giving them a base spirit, you know, just just a straight corn shine is just an open palate for bartender mm-hmm. to work with but then if you post flavor with something delicious they're thinking oh i can mix this juice with that and now we can make something mm-hmm. special and so I, th- I think all in all i, th- I think that that's the, f- the future i mean bourbon yeah. has got its problems right now with allocations and things like that and i think luckily moonshine is kind of picking up the pace and stepping in because the last thing we want to see is tequila or something like that be the next big thing i'd rather mm-hmm. stick with whiskey yeah. And you know, I, I, I just finished telling somebody the other day, the first time I put something into a barrel was three years ago, right? That was the very first time I did that. Three in three years, I've done 217 different flavors of alcohol. That's the ability that the smaller, the bigger distilleries, they don't have that capability because they have to stay, they have to maintain what they got going on. I can do that the whole time I'm doing all these other flavors. It's so easy for me to change up. Uh, if I tell you I'm making a, a lemonade moonshine, it is going to be nothing in there but lemon. And it's going to be clear. It's going to be real. That gives a bartender a real good presentation. I tell you I'm making a, a really, really good rum. I mean, it's I'm giving you a real sugar-based, you know, tasting substance with no sugar in it. If I tell you I'm giving you coffee and donuts, I'm giving bartenders a base. I mean, all across the board, you can give a clear base to a bartender. So he just doesn't have to deal with the the normal. You know what I mean? Some of them say, okay, we use gin, whiskey, bourbon, rye, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because they don't have the capability to have 20 different rums with the same, you know what I'm saying? Same alcohol content, but different flavors in it. I could give you a, I could give you a whole fruit salad on top of your bar. Clear, no flavor. None whatsoever. It is what we say. I always say that. People say, oh, man, it is what it is. No, it is what I say it is. If I say that's lemonade, blueberry lemonade, that's blueberry lemonade up there. And I could tell you why it tastes like blueberry lemonade. We control the lemon and the blueberry in it. There's no malic acid associated with acid associated with it. None of the other uh, vitamin A, vitamin C, all that crazy stuff that's in it. No, that when you taste this, it's going to taste like blueberries and lemons. We can do those things. I mean, and the big distilleries just don't have that capability to keep changing it up, keep changing it up. And women are not going, The your wife ain't going to drink the same shit you drink. Typically. My wife does. Okay. But that's just, that's, you said typically. <laughs> My wife typically. does, but that's just typically. Like yeah. you said. Yeah. Some people just want, I mean, if a woman has a chance to go in the store and say, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to try this one. Oh, wait, they have another one. Oh, they have another one. They have another one. She's not going to be able to do that with the, the, the liquor that you're drinking from her, for, that you're drinking with her. Not going to be able to do it at all. What is that? This is Hard Truth Rye Whiskey. Um, My wife picked this up for me last night. It's 100 proof. Uh, Four years in charred barrels. Um. I don't see anything about the mash bill on here, but it is a rye, so it's at least 51% rye, with, uh, rye in the mash bill. 
It's uh, blended and bottled in Brown County, Indiana. And I'm willing to bet that it was manufactured. It was distilled probably at MGP because it says blended and bottled. It doesn't say blended distilled. Yeah. Um, I'm a very, very big fan of rye whiskey so i'm she she bought this for me last night at uh meyer mm -hmm. for they had it on sale for 30 bucks that's i've never seen hard truth come in that wine bottle i haven't either that's like you. their that, that's like their their i want oh, i don't want to call it base spirit but that's that's their base one and then they got all those um <laughs> Or they got like four or five different um mash bills like the the chocolate and all that other stuff but that that's like their base 100 proof everything else is like cash strength i believe yeah and this isn't it doesn't say bottled and bond uh but it is aged four years and it is 100 proof so it does meet you know uh, other than being aged in a bonded warehouse it does meet the recommendations or the the legal requirements for being bottled and bond but shit this smells fantastic fuck all right let's yeah i don't think i've had a bad thing from hard truth oh my god it tastes even like... their coconut rum and everything like that is is good it's 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 black tea and brown sugar that's what i'm that's that's all i'm getting off of this black tea and brown sugar wow. on the nose and the palate it is Incredible. That is really and the legs on that. I'm gonna have to try that. I had to send you some. I'll I'll send you some. Yeah, I, there's so many different liquors out there. Just don't make sense. It's there's it's it's because of I mean, so first of all, there's there's a lot of expansion to be done in liquor, but it's also because mm -hmm. of folks like yourself that introduce the rest of the world through popular media um what liquor can excuse me what liquor can be potentially yeah we can make um, it anything we want it to be i mean it, it can and you can make it out of you know anything that's got carbohydrates or sugar you can fucking make liquor out of it yeah um and well, it, you know, yeah. some things are going to be better than others but you know jerry what were you going to say i was going to say I, it's been a while since i've saw the episode but i think it was you richard Mm -hmm. that on master distiller had like pies and pastries and and all that random shit and sit there and fermented that and made whisk made shine out of pastries basically and it was and good. i remember yeah it was probably about a month ago i texted adam i go i kind of want to try something like that just mm -hmm. go go, yeah. go to costco bakery and just buy some stuff throw it in a bucket see if i could ferment it and if it comes out it comes out if not it's oh well I, I wasted 30 bucks no <laughs> It's gonna come out good. It's gonna come out yeah, that, good. That that show, um, you can ask Adam and Paul because I'll send it to the group chat. There's so much random stuff. I'll be like, I kind of want to try this now, and I want to try this. Whether yeah. you guys did it on there or gave me inspiration to try something else down the road, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's basically like um, there there's no limit to what, as long like like everyone says, as long as you can ferment it. You can you can distill it. You can distill it. I'll ferment a brick. Yeah, and I mean, so you know, this 
and what Jerry just said, this makes me, what I want to try now is rye bread with, um, the, uh, the, the, the Pillsbury frosting that they use the white frosting on, on, mm -hmm. you know, buns, whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. That's what the fuck I want to try. I want to, I want to just, I, I want to ferment that and distill it and see it. And I bet it'd be fucking fantastic. I didn't, I didn't done them. I done done them all. All of them. I done done. I caught a a guy working for Krispy Kreme, and mm. I'm wondering what he's what he's driving this truck for, taking donuts away. I'm like, what do you do with those donuts? He said, we try to give them to the hog farmers, or so y'all don't give that to the homeless. He said, nah, we can't do that. We just give yeah, them that's fucked up. They should be able to do that. But I, I I've worked in in the in the food industry for a a, a long time before. While I was in college, before I went to college, all that, for some reason they can't. I don't know what the fuck no, kind of like. There's, there's, I don't know, health code, whatever. They be having, they have more lawsuits from people they give food away to than people that buy that food. Yeah, yeah, just it's some crazy stuff. But I, I fermented forty four pounds of of Krispy Kreme donuts, put a little bit of coffee in the ferment, and it came out tasting like. Coffee and donuts. I bet it did. Yes. That oh, God. So it, that sounds that fantastic. So Anytime you get a little a breakfast small, liquor, you get a little small batch to run with some pastries, man, I suggest doing it. And I promise you, everybody, that's going to be one of the flavors where people are going to be bothering you. Like, hey, can you do this for me? They're going to be bothering you because it really, it, it almost tastes weird to taste something that you know should be sweet. That you, it, it this is sweet, but they ain't got no sugar in it. That is the weirdest feeling in the world right there. Yeah, man. Somebody will tell you, man, do you have sugar in this shit? Yeah, you'll see. Try it out. You're going to call me and tell me, boy, that was good. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, the average experience for, for liquor in this country is vodka, tequila, mm -hmm. uh, bottom shelf bourbon, those types of things where, where people just go when they're getting a shot and they're slamming it back. And the thing is, they don't know any better. That's something that we, you know, we, we we've hit home on a couple times on our podcast where we're like, you know, don't just throw it back, you know, take mm -hmm. the time to taste it, whatever. But, um, uh, pe people don't realize where you can do things like you're talking about with the coffee donuts where you yeah. can sip it and actually get all those flavors. And it's not, it's not the same kind of experience, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not just fucking drinking it to get drunk, whatever. Same with corn liquor. There's, a whole lot to be said for just corn liquor that what, what people don't realize they, they think it's, Oh, well it's moonshine. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a forbidden thing. It's a, it's a thing that you shouldn't drink or you're told not to drink, or it, it might be dangerous or it might get you way more fucked up than they don't realize that what's coming out of the still at a commercial distillery is exactly the same mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but it's been aged in a barrel. That's the only difference really um, and, and they don't, you know, it's, it's not about getting fucked up. It's about, you know, being able to drink it. And like this right here, there's a whole lot of sweetness in there. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there was sugar introduced in the, in the fermentation, but there's no sugar introduced after the fact. After from, yeah. And if, if, in, in fact, if you were to introduce sugar after the fact, it's probably going to taste like shit. It's probably mm -hmm. going to taste like dog shit. Mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. i mean um and and the 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 donut coffee that is that's something that i'm really interested in 
I'm gonna have to go to Krispy Kreme in a couple. Everybody of <laughs> that you meet, I Krispy Kreme is just particular, but uh, my buddy, uh, he's done it with just donuts from Publix, and they were it was the same result, outstanding. And they always got some some donuts that they they can get rid of. They always got some. That's exciting. That's that's exciting to hear. Uh, I'm I'm really interested. And like I said, rye bread and some uh, sugar frosting. That sounds that sounds intriguing. Something I never I really thought about that, but I'll do some research on what it would take to do that. Yeah, that rye bread thing might be real good. I like rye myself, so you can't run me from rye. Yeah. We're we're so again, Paul is from Maryland. So Paul mm -hmm. has access to all of the good rye. Um a lot of good stuff coming out of Maryland, Pennsylvania area. Yeah, there's yeah, Pennsylvania, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad to know the this plug. is just this is just corn, corn, malted barley, sugar. But the stuff I've been messing around with lately, Adam tried. I think it was batch one or two. Mm -hmm. Has um, yeah, has uh, I think it's like twenty or thirty percent malted malted rye in it. I've been messing yeah. around with that. To, Man, I know that's I love messing with malted rye. Anything malted, I, I love. I we have a, a mutual friend that um. He sent me a care package a couple of years ago. He's from uh from Oregon. Um big into like the single malts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um so he sent me a bunch of stuff. I've never tried it and I was like, I love this stuff. So I started deep diving into that. And so like my whiskey or my my bourbon collection kind of stayed the same, but my single malts, whether it's malted barley, malted rye, malted corn, whatever, kind of started growing. And I'm like, this stuff's good. And then Adam decided to Get me hooked on another <laughs> hobby, and like, let me uh, <laughs> let, me, let me have some like let me do a couple corn runs just to kind of it's a little bit cheaper. Let me figure out like how this runs and this and that. And then once I kind of got a grasp on it, I was like, let me just kind of experiment because we got a a grain store down the the street that's adjacent to a a brewery, mm. and so they got all these crazy grains and stuff. And um, the next few things I kind of want to try is like the the chocolate malts and the car caramel malts and all those crazy mm -hmm. malts that brewers yeah, use. Malts. I want to, yeah, I want to yeah. try to get into those. But, um, yeah, that malted rye just I've had a few uh, new riff does in malted rye. Um, a local place down in Tampa, well, not local to me anymore, but mm -hmm. down in the Tampa St. Pete area, they do a hundred percent malted rye, and I'm a big fan of that that malted rye. It has that earthiness, but also that spice and that you're used to from the rye and yeah that it, it big fan of that malted rye stuff so that's what i've been experimenting with kind of the last year or so you can't go wrong if you know how to deal with it it's it's the perfect ingredient if if you're yeah. just experimenting yeah you might want to but I, I i go i go a long ways with rye i'll go i'll go 80 in some of the stuff i play with and, well, and that, that's that's one little... thing I want to go for next is go for like a legit 80, 70, 80 plus percent rye and try that. But that might be the next thing I do. My little brother told me one day we, I was messing with some rye. We we're only doing like a 10 gallon run. And I'm I'm measuring out the rye and he's like, 
<laughs> Stop this. <laughs> it's enough of that. <laughs> it was probably 85% rye in the recipe. And it wound up coming out like really, really good. And I I just real I just said, well, we might as well just go get some Tabasco sauce and drink that. Because <laughs> it's gonna be too peppery. But it it wasn't. We ran it low and slow. It came out really, really nice. It wasn't overpowering. Oh, damn, I thought I had some of it. Rye whiskey is what, what rye grains, period, and in, in the whiskey production are one of the most it, it's an it's an unsung hero is the best way yeah. to put it um because you know here in this country it's all about corn in scotland and uh ireland it's all about barley nobody's really putting a whole lot of focus on rye except for canada yeah, um, but they're not doing it right uh yeah. and 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 you know sorry canada um but fuck y'all y'all ain't doing the shit right um that's all i'm saying uh, it's there's there's some really good uh, companies that, there's some companies out there that are putting out some really good rye whiskeys right now. Mm -hmm. Um truth is one of them clearly because I'm I this is my third glass. Um uh Sagamore does some really good shit. Starlight is fantastic. Oh, uh, Starlight that uh, they're in Indiana, they're that's a working farm and uh they they've got a uh, uh an ice cream uh, joint that they put there and uh, uh, they've got a winery and a distillery um, they've got you can go up there you can pay X amount of money and go up there and pick from their their harvest you know they got strawberries they got apples whatever the fuck um, it's really really nice out there like it's beautiful like you would like you're just looking around going god this is this is what this country was intended to be like mm -hmm. it's far it, it, it's farmland it's beautiful um there's a lot of really good like i i found a rye whiskey made by starlight that i sent to paul and jerry and it was finished in rum barrels and it was easily one of the best finished ryes that i've ever had in my life um it was so good wow. um and it's just there's there's a lot you can do with rye and i really feel like people are not um giving it as much of a chance as they should yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad one of the things it's easy to get. One of the things I love about rye is is their the taste profile is all over the board. You could have like that high peppery, spicy stuff. You could have the minty stuff. You could have um dill. like this the starlight. Well, yeah, you got the dill, the starlight. You get a lot of like the the uh, citrus, orange, lemons, and stuff like that. So there, there's a wide variety. Or the super I think a lot of people don't forget about the floral. Or there, there's, or there's the floral. It's very floral. You got you got all the like the green tea, black tea, um, and I think a lot of people that don't drink rye, a lot like the ones that are, for lack of a better word, scared of drinking rye, are thinking that it's just like you take your pepper shaker and you just dump it in your mouth. It there's a huge variety of ryes out there. You just got to figure out which one you like or what mm -hmm. what style you like, mm -hmm. and it, it's it's a, a, another rabbit hole from there. Um, it is, yeah. So it's yeah. it's crazy what you can do with one grain. It's the same grain, but depending on what else you put with it, what what uh yeast you throw in there and whatnot, it changes it drastically. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love the thought of that. So Richard, other than the uh, the shows and the consultant and stuff, 
is that keeping you busy or are you working on other things that we can look be on the lookout for i'm looking i'm working on getting a distillery uh i i want to put this progress this plan in the uh, progress let's say it like that i want to i want to have enough of uh i want a brand like diageo has guinness and all these other brands that are out there, you know, I want to pull up a bunch of people under our umbrella. Uh, like I got a couple of distillers in Louisiana. I got one in Florida. Uh, I have one in Ohio. Uh, I have one in New York. He's a brewery. I have one on the West Coast in Oregon, one on the West Coast in San Francisco. We're going to put all this together and be under one umbrella. So when you see one of these products, you see all of our products because it's really hard to get this moonshine stuff together if you're not a Sugarlands, Tennessee, uh, Shine, something like that. It's really hard to get all these products together. But they're moving with so much weight, so many numbers that it's kind of easier for them to get across the country where we're going to do the exact same thing. So I want to make sure I got a lot of people tied in and ready to go when I get ready to go. Cause it won't take me long to get in there and start doing stuff. Not at all. So if I get all these other guys on board, get them kind of tied in by the time I am ready. And I have found some property in Indian land, uh, South Carolina that I really like to do. I don't want to go back to Louisiana and make like, I don't know why I just don't want to go there. I, I love being in the Appalachian area. Uh, because it's not hard to convince people to drink the stuff they've been drinking forever. Whereas in Louisiana, I damn near got to do a marketing program and let people know the difference between moonshine and regular alcohol. <laughs> and you know and, I mean? and well, you got the history too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you got the history, you got, and and you're what well, you're adding to that, right? So like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a big thing. Like that for me, if I were if I were to jump in on that uh, in that area, that would be a thing for me. I'd be like, this is yeah. like popcorn's been here. You know, uh, uh, Mark and Digger right across the mountain, like that kind of thing. Like exactly, and you get yeah. to add to that. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go against the grain for myself. I don't want to. You know what I mean? But really, having the, the real significant part of this is, I want to bring a bunch of other distilleries into the situation. I've met some guys. I don't want to just bring some guys in that's making fun of any kind of liquor. I'm bring some guys in that make some real good liquor, so we can give an adequate adequate representation as to what this really is. Because sure. whether you make it in Appalachia or the Ozarks or wherever, it's still moonshine. If they do it good. Let's talk about them. If not, then don't buy their product. Sure. So I know I know that you talked about a uh, cigar brand that you're involved with. Mm -hmm. Status uh, is that is that something that's widely available? Is that something we can get our hands on? How how can we do that? Status cigar. I'll get you some information on them. Status is out of Miami, and I just met these guys along the way because they wanted to do a moonshine flavored cigar. Okay. Um, okay. So I did some work with them and helped them get a little stuff straight. And they were like, hey, you want to come and do some work with us? Uh, but they they sell a whole lot. As a matter of fact, my phone rang four times since I've been on here. And one of the guys, one of the calls was the guy with Status Cigar. Uh, he was on his way to Venezuela, I think, the last time I talked to him. They move around a lot. These guys go to find the best ingredients they could possibly find. Yeah, yeah, that's they, that's a big market. That's a big market. Man, a lot of, I didn't know Blooming yeah. Cigars was so much money. I didn't. I mean, these guys go to Ecuador and find somebody because you can only stay here on these work visas. So after a while, you got to go. Mm. You know, and he told me, he said, man, you know what? I almost feel bad the way I be pushing these guys. Like, come on, come on. Let's make this quota today. Come on, come on, come on. But they're hand rolling these cigars. And they don't have a lot of time. He knows they only have however long that work visa is and they got to go back. 
So he's trying to get the best of the best. And then I say, well, maybe you're working them too hard or something. Once you get them down here, you be working the, the hell out of them. Right. And and these guys, I mean, I mean, just the products that they're turning out. I'm not really a cigar aficionado like my dad and my brother is. Uh, if usually back in the day when I got a cigar, I cut it open and put something else in it. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. Been down that road. So, but just to be a, uh, working with them, I do a little, you know, I get, I get out there and stand behind them. I haven't started really pushing them too, too hard yet uh, with the moonshine cigar thing, because I'm going to put it in a distillery in Jacksonville here really soon. So they're in South Florida. I'm going to get them with this guy in North Florida. That's going to kind of acclimate everybody's palate to what we got going on with the moonshine cigars. Uh, and we're going to see if we can start our own little kind of circle, you know, for lack of a better term, with this bourbon thing that's going on right now. The trend with bourbon and cigars is just taking off. So, yeah. You, know, you let me know when that's going to happen because J- Jerry's going to be there. Jerry, yeah. Jerry lives in Jacksonville. Yeah. Jerry's going to be there. But my ass, and I, I can't speak for Paul. Paul's a little, a little bit more north than I will than I am. But I'm willing to bet. Paul's that. already said he can get Southwest down here for like fifty. Yeah, bucks. yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I must have been upstairs saying goodnight to my kids when that happened. But uh, you can bet. So I'm, I'm just saying, uh, for Hillbilly Fest next year, you can probably count on all three of us to be to there next year. And <laughs> when you, when you do this in Jacksonville with this distillery situation, you can probably count on all three yeah. of us to be there for that yeah. as well. There, there, there's a huge we have a, a jacksville bourbon whiskey society bunch mm-hmm. of guys and jacksville's huge uh yeah. whether it's jacksville orange park or upwards of like callahan and and palaka mm-hmm. and, and amelia island amelia island ha- and fernandina beach has their own society but we kind of work hand in hand just obviously it's like an hour north and mm-hmm. drinking and driving is not the best thing in the world so no. they kind of split it up but there's a a huge whiskey and, and bourbon and like you said cigars go hand in hand so at least i'd say half the people smoke cigars the other half they got the reasons not to or whatever but there's a bunch of years of it whatever happens I, we could get a we could get a showing here with that um I, I think we've reached the end of this episode uh you know we're, we're two hours in um and richard might have some better things to do with his time um but um you know uh please check out our our instagram page bourbon beards and belvedere's um please check out our facebook page at the same name um be aware of the giveaway that we're doing this month um you 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 give to your favorite veterans charity um your first uh, one to $10 earns you one entry and every $5 after the fact earns you another charity. If you give to um, BC 40 hunts that earns you another entry, or if you give to project welcome home troops that earns you another entry as well. And then if you um, recommend to a friend, that they give to these charities and they do so when you send us uh, a screenshot of that communication, you and they earn their entry as well. Um, there's a plethora of uh, bottles that you're going to earn samples from. I've got some Weller 12 old Weller antiques, so three, uh, three bottles of Stag Jr., some Hancocks, some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. It's all going to be top shelf. Happy Van Winkle, all these types of different samples 
that you're going to get um, some cigars from my personal collection and some beard products as well. Um, it's going to be a substantial package. Just give to, we don't want you to give the money to us. Just give it directly to the charity and then send us a screenshot of the verification that you gave and how much so that we know how many entries to give you. Um, it goes on to January 31st. On January 31st, we put all of the entries into a randomizer and then um, whoever wins, wins. So good luck to everybody that that uh, gives. Um, we just want to try to raise as much money as we can for those that um, sacrifice for us. So um, make sure to uh, to give if you can. Um, and make sure to check us out on the Beacons page. Jerry, what's the Beacons website again? That is beacons.ai forward slash bourbons, beards, and belvedere's. Um, you can find all of our uh, streaming platforms, whether it's it's Spotify or or Podbean or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the good stuff. Um, you can also find our website link there, our Instagram and Facebook link there, as long with uh, a YouTube link uh, that we'll hopefully be using soon. Uh, and a little like app and you could save it to your desktop or your, your phone or whatever. And it has all the cigars, uh, whiskey and beer products that we've reviewed on the show. So if you want to, uh, if, if you're looking at a beer product and you go on that app and see, Hey, we reviewed it on episode four, you can pull up episode four and listen to see what we said about it. Um, along with some, uh, I think there's three. Uh, discount codes that you go and get 10 or 15 or I think one of them is 25% off. Uh, those are all on there. So if you want to check out those beard products, you could uh, save some money and some uh, try some uh, fantastic beard products there. Yeah, and don't forget to check out Moonshiners. That's um, mm -hmm. what, 9 o'clock on Tuesdays on Discovery? It's 8 p.m. I think. 8 p.m. Uh... Yeah, I'm, they start running Master Distillers, so it'll be 7 and 8 o'clock. Okay, so 8 p.m. on Discovery Channel on Tuesday nights. Um, if you haven't seen the show, you should. And if you have seen the show, um, good for you. Uh, make sure to check out uh, further episodes because it, it's getting kind of real. And um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we managed to get uh, a gentleman like Richard on the show tonight to to give us some insight and it's, it's been fantastic. So uh, make sure to check it out because it's, it's a great show. Um, you know, um, going forward, happy new year. You know, we're, we're, we're on uh, the eighth day of, of the new year. Um, drink lots of whiskey, smoke lots of cigars, try out lots of beer products and make sure that they are veteran funded or veteran owned. Um cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thank y'all for inviting me in. Yes, sir. Thank you. For Thanks for joining us. us.